and welcome back to the Learning to Sit Still podcast. I want to thank you for listening. And if this is your first time joining me, welcome. I am so glad you could be here today. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you have an extra moment, would you consider leaving a review? It only takes a moment. And if you also can share this episode on social media, it will help others find this podcast. Now, if you are looking for some good resources for deepening your faith, just visit sitstillmydaughter.com to see what is available for you, including Bible reading plans, blog posts, and downloads. I also have a link in the show notes that allows you to donate to this ministry. Your support helps us in continuing to encourage the hearts of women with the truth of God's word. Today, I want to unpack a verse that is familiar to most of us, especially if you had siblings. This verse was quoted by parents when their children fought or said something unkind. It is Ephesians 4.32, And be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. If you have watched the Instagram Live videos I do each week, you might remember that we have gone over this idea before, but I want to dive into it fully today because I was amazed at what I found when I looked at the different words. Let's begin with, be ye kind. The word kind means useful in manner or morals, manageable, pleasant, as opposed to harsh, bitter. Now, if you are like me, you heard this verse used in the context of being kind, thoughtful, caring, and being just plain nice, which is entirely true as we see in the definition of pleasant instead of harsh, but it goes beyond that. Be ye useful one to another, useful. That word grabbed my attention at its core. Isn't that what kindness is about? To be useful to one another. When I let someone go in front of me in the checkout line, I was being useful. When I made a meal for someone, that was being useful. When I helped someone move something, I was being useful. It was something that I had not really thought about, but useful could be another word for kindness. And we are to be useful to one another whenever we can. My mom and I had some things that needed to be moved and it required a truck, which we didn't have. Two men from our church took time out of their day to help us. Plus, when we moved it into our garage, we realized that some things needed to go into the attic and they volunteered to do just that. They were both being useful, kind to us, and we appreciated it so much. Can I ask you to look around and see how you can be useful to someone, whether in your own family or in your church or community? Our lives are meant to be useful, and it is a wonderful way to reflect Christ to the world. The other meaning, manageable, was intriguing to me as well. As I thought about it, I wondered what could be implied by that? Did it mean we are to be manageable one to another? That is not over the top or make someone think, oh no, here comes so-and-so. I think that is definitely a possibility. No one enjoys being with someone who is almost uncontrollable. They can cause a scene and leave everyone feeling worn out. We are to be manageable, controlled, someone who is walking in the spirit under his control. Again, this was me just thinking out loud, and I just wanted to share it with you as a food for thought. So we are to be kind, pleasant, useful, and manageable to one another, but also tenderhearted. The word tenderhearted means well-compassioned, sympathetic. 
well-compassioned is an interesting thought. It is not that we are to be compassionate, but well-compassioned, as if to say we need to have an ample supply. Who do we know that has that? Our Lord Jesus Christ, his mercies, his compassion never runs out. We can come again and again to him and take all that we need for the day. Is he not to be our example? As believers, we should be known as people who are well stocked with compassion as well as sympathetic, the other meaning of the word. Our hearts should always be tender to the needs and trials of others, especially fellow believers. We should be ready to hug them and even cry with them. These are ways we show we care and teach our children how to care. Remember, they are watching us, not just listening. And I pray that we cultivate a heart that is tender toward those the Lord sends our way. Finally, let's talk about the word forgiving. Here it means to grant as a favor, pardon, rescue, to frankly forgive and freely give. When someone has wronged us, whether they did or said something they shouldn't have, we have a choice to make. We can choose to forgive them or hold a grudge. We might think that it is easier to hold a grudge, but in essence, it takes a lot more work to constantly stay mad. Plus, it only hurts you. A grudge is only one step away from bitterness, and bitterness leads to a soul void of purpose. It holds us back from freely serving Christ because it blocks all other emotions. That is why we must decide to forgive as soon as the offense has occurred, whether they ask for it or not. Truly, the basis of forgiving someone is not whether they give an apology but because Christ has forgiven us. That is the whole reason we forgive. Just like the man who owed a huge debt was forgiven his and refused to forgive another, he was rebuked by his Lord with the reason, I forgave you, so you should have forgiven them. Christ has forgiven us all, all of our sin. How can we refuse to do likewise. In fact, it is almost sheer wickedness to withhold it from someone else. Christ is our pattern and he forgives us. Remember the last two definitions, frankly forgive and freely give. Consider for a moment what that meant for us. We were frankly forgiven, bluntly, abruptly, directly, no pretense. We were also freely given God's forgiveness. He has no requirements for it. Both of these things should be there when we forgive someone else. We should directly forgive them and freely extend it to them. This is just one more way we show Christ to the world. This is how we teach the next generation to nip bitterness in the bud, if you will. This is how we ensure that our hearts are clear before God. I do not want to be a Jonah who accepted God's forgiveness and mercy, but was unwilling to see the people of Nineveh receive it. We have been given so much. How can we do any less than pass it on? Let's be women who live out Ephesians 4.32 in our day-to-day living, both with our families and fellow believers and the lost God places in our path. May we choose to be kind, useful, manageable, pleasant instead of bitter. May we be known as someone who is tender-hearted, well-stocked with compassion and sympathetic to the needs of others, and always, always ready to frankly and freely give our forgiveness to others. This is how we make an eternal difference, by showing the love, compassion, kindness, and forgiveness of our God. And the more we know him, the greater our ability will be, which means we must take time to sit still and know that he is God. And that is where we will end today's episode. Have a wonderful day, my friends. Never forget. 
that you are loved with an everlasting love by your Heavenly Father.